0: You know the uh, vibes. Uh, Tell them, BJ. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't.
1: I can't. I can't. You're my guy. You, But you do. I do know the vibes, though. I uh, do know the vibes. So I do man. know the vibes.
0: Well, the I vibes are another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast presented by NBA 2K23. As always, i got to remind you guys, hit the pre-order link in the bio. Get your copy of the game locked and ready. If you pre-order the game and show me proof that you pre-ordered it, And you're on PlayStation. We'll play some games online when the game comes out. How about that? Just for the exclusive listeners of the podcast. But anyway, BJ, how you living? How's it over there in, I would say sunny California, but it's colder in California than it is over here in London right now. Man, how you guys
1: doing? I mean, it's, it's, you know, we got the normal temperatures out here in California, but you guys have a heat wave over there. Ain't in good Europe, in the UK. What's going on, my brother?
0: It ain't good. It ain't good, man. It's like they heard me drop a quick 16. Next thing you know, everything's caught cool on fire. The temperature's <laughs> going up. Yeah, it ain't good. It ain't good. I'm just trying to get through. You know what I mean? I'm just sitting here. A I couple hate fans you. next to me. I see you got
1: your fan. I see you got your fans out right now. Yeah, you got your got fans to, man. out. No
0: AC in the buildings over here because it's like hot for like one week a year. So no AC over here. I got you. I, but got I, gotta, you. I gotta have the fans. But what we do have that's red hot is we have some questions from our wonderful family Ooh, who tune in. The to fans this out, because I
1: know they hot. They are yes, hot,
0: sir. So we're gonna dive into these and we're gonna run through all of these questions. Okay. Now, the first the first question comes in from Amalia, who has asked some very detailed questions that I think deserve maybe a full episode. So we might have to skip past this okay. first one because it's a very okay. in depth question. Asking about how the NBA has changed your and your family's life, your background story, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So maybe we're going to need to do an episode of getting to know the journey of BJ Armstrong. Sounds like a
1: doc. This sounds like a short movie.
0: That sounds, you're talking my language, man. You know what we do. We make documentaries. You know what we do. Uh, she also asked, Mo, what's your favorite place to visit in America, apart from Boston, for obvious reasons? My favorite place is none other than L.A. Because oh, really not to love. What's there not to love? You've got basketball courts on the beach. You've got palm trees. You've got good weather. I can't say the other good things because this is a family-friendly podcast, but I'd be enjoying life (laughs) over in California. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. just, just a snoop DO double G. I'll be enjoying life in California. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's all I'm gonna say. We've got basketball, we've got good weather. Okay, what more bro. can you want? What more can you want? But, uh, but actually, before okay. we get into the rest of the questions, I have a more serious, more serious thing to say. I want to say a quick shout a quick prayer to a young listener of the show called Rory, who has got some health issues going on right now. Rory, just want to let you know listening to this, that we're keeping you in our thoughts and prayers. Hopefully, you get well soon. You get back onto the basketball court. Stay strong. Stay fighting. And we're all supporting you. But, BJ, let's get into all these questions now. Let's get into all of these questions now. Don Scorsese. What a name. Mm, he says, it. have the Boston Celtics, with all the recent trade activity, do they have what it takes to make the last step to get to Banner 80? Talking about adding Malcolm Brogdon, then another
1: Based on what, based on what we saw last year, the answer is without question yes. Now, every year is a different year. That was last year. This is you know, a new year. The Sixers look like they're going to be better. Oh, big time! Okay. The health of the Milwaukee Bucks. They should be better if Middleton is healthy. You know, who knows? There may be another trade or something that's going to happen. But based on what the Celtics did last year and how they perform, I like what they did. I, I think they addressed the one issue that you and I saw, and we were screaming every game. My good friend Mo was screaming every game with turnovers. So give them <laughs> Don't credit. Mind me. Give the Celtics, the executives, Uh, and their coaches credit for saying uh, they saw the same thing we saw, Mo. So what did they do? They went out and got someone who could help them try to be under, I think the magic number was 16. It just seemed like every game, Mo was counting. Once they got over 16 turnovers, Mo said the game was over. They got to 12 at
0: halftime, and I'm like, uh, we've lost. (laughs) So I think they did. I went all the way to LA to forget about these turnovers, and you've just reminded me. So I'm going to move the conversation oh, yes. swiftly on. Okay, I like, I like Alan Ari as well, who can give a little bit of scoring punch. I do want to see them add a big man for a little depth in that in that front court, especially with Rob Williams' injury history. Just another rim protector. Hint, hint, BJ. I would love to see Bismack Biyombo on, on the Boston Celtics. Hint, hint. Hint, <laughs> hint. It's too late. Hint, He's hint. already signed. Yeah, it's too late. Yeah, yeah it's too late. Brad Stevens, call me next time. Let me make some decisions for you. But anyway, let's keep it moving. Glenn Vardy, uh, we answered his question yesterday about the gems of the summer league, which BJ wasn't too happy about. But Andy Williams wants to know your thoughts on Will Hardy getting off the Gobert contract and the future of the Utah Jazz.
1: Will Hardy, the kid that's going to the Dallas Mavericks, and
0: correct? Will Hardy, the new coach of the Utah Jazz.
1: Oh, oh why? don't I'm thinking of, uh, what's the kid? Hardy that Jalen Hardy, yeah, I'm thinking about um, it. You know, it. this looks like what I saw Danny do when he hired Brad Stevens. It's the exact same. <laughs> the,
0: it's, it's a carbon copy,
1: okay? Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So he's getting a young coach, and Will Hardy is a good young coach. Now, it looks like he's getting this team ready for possibly – You know, I don't like to use the term rebuild, so let's say retool. They're going to retool.
0: Okay, okay, retool.
1: They're going to retool. And they're going to try to get a bunch of players all in the same time frame so that you don't have veterans there playing with first-year players and, you know, everyone's like, what's going on around here? They're going to try to come together. And then if it comes together sooner rather than later, like what it did in Boston, suddenly – you know, you stumble onto something. So I, I think this is the same thing. I think Danny is aware of what he wants to do, how he wants to play. But more importantly, this is, this is what I will give Danny credit. Danny's proactive, not reactive. And whether, the, whether it works or not, I love it when people have their own idea of what they're trying to do other than reacting and saying things like this you know, this league is a copycat league. And everyone likes to copy what the other person is doing. So, you know, if the going rate is three or four first round picks, well, that's the going rate. Well, who said it was the going rate? That was the rate for that particular player or that particular situation. I'm going to give Danny credit on this one. At least he's proactive. He didn't wait. He didn't allow his players to get out in the media and say they want it out. He just said, okay, here's what we're going to do. And, and, and I respect that.
0: Can I say this? Now, when I say this is exactly what happened in Boston, you might be thinking this is what happened when they traded away Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce to the Brooklyn Nets and got all the draft picks in return. What I'm actually seeing, though, is this is what happened in Boston in 2007. Now, I'm going to give you guys, if you weren't watching the NBA at that time, a quick history lesson. The Boston Celtics were the worst team in the NBA that season. BJ, I'm sure you remember. They were truly awful. They had Paul Pierce and not much around Paul Pierce. And, you know, the same way they talk about Donovan Mitchell in trade talks, they were talking about Paul Pierce. But what Danny Ainge was trying to do, who was coming to the draft that year? None other than Kevin Durant. They were trying to get that top draft pick to draft Kevin Durant. Much like this year, we've already spoken about Victor Wembanyama. BJ, I don't know if you saw his game yesterday, but he was going crazy. If you haven't seen it, you need to go watch. Oh, my God.
1: The kid, me, the kid
0: was going crazy. Okay, anyway. Anyway, so they were trying to get Kevin Durant. They the, the lottery odds didn't fall in their favor. So instead of getting the first pick, they got, what was it, the fourth or the fifth pick, right? And they had to take uh, Jeff Green instead. So what Danny then did was he packaged Jeff Green, you know, a really exciting young player, one of the top picks in the draft, uh, and made that trade with the... Seattle Supersonics at a time, who later became the OKC Thunder, to get Ray Allen over to Boston. And then once they had Paul Pierce, the superstar who was there already, along with Ray Allen, he then traded a bunch of young players and picks to the Minnesota Wolves to get Kevin Garnett. So now, looking at the Utah Jazz, he might move Donovan Mitchell. But they could just say to Donovan Mitchell, look, Don, just give us one year. And then we'll see what we can work with just like we did in 2007 when we put together the big three in Boston. So that's what, that's how I'm seeing it because for the Utah Jazz, all right, cool. Say you keep Donovan Mitchell on your roster this year, you tank it out, you get the number one pick. Okay, cool. Then you can trade Donovan and build around when by now, but say you don't get the number one pick, you get the number two pick or the number three pick. There may just be a disgruntled superstar somewhere and their franchise might want to rebuild and they might give you, An all-star caliber player to put alongside Donovan Mitchell, and then all of a sudden he's happy to stay there. And then you can use all the other hundreds of picks that you've acquired to go and get a third piece to the puzzle. We don't know. That's just that's just a little theory that I've got going on. Another question. Oh, yeah, yeah, Go ahead. Go ahead. Can I just say real
1: real quick? I I will say this. You know, Mo, I know you want to be an executive someday. And here's a master here. And Danny, what he's doing, whether you agree with it or not, he's given us a master class on how to construct a team and if there's one thing that's obvious mo with today's nba is that if you're going to have any level of sustainability you have to draft these players
0: West this to is the golden why state i respect
1: the, the golden state look at boston. boston okay if you're going to have any level of success you have to draft these players Unlike the Nets and the Lakers. Lakers and if you're going to have, that's the one thing that's so obvious. So, and the one thing that you see Miami and the the teams who are always at the top or the elite is is they know the following. They're always active in the draft. They're always active in free agency. They're always active in trades and they're constantly putting in an extreme amount of value On developing their players once they draft those players and what you're seeing with Danny Ainge right now is with trading uh, Rudy Gobert he continues to put himself in position to draft that player and the reason you want to draft that player because if you're going to have a great player and you have to Acquire that player. You also have to retain that player. Mm -hmm. It's easier to retain that player if you draft them than if you you get them. You can uh, offer more money and
0: more years on their contracts.
1: And then, with that cap flexibility that you have, because you drafted this player, you can go out and acquire and get pieces around it, provided that player becomes the player that we think he is going to become. So again in saying that Danny has sound principles, which we all should. We don't have to agree with who he drafts. We don't have to agree with who's available. We may overvalue or undervalue a player. But what we can all at least look at and say, he's on the right path. And that's what I respect about what he's doing. And then you let the chips fall where they may, because there's no other way around it.
0: Another question comes in from J4177, who says, we love the show. Thank you. Uh, where do you see the Knicks finishing up this season after the addition of Jalen Brunson? Just give me a, give me a tier. Do you think top four, bottom four, play in, miss the playoffs? If you had to break a prediction in, right no, now.
1: I think best case scenario, they're in the bottom four. Best I th- case, That's I if think they, they're a play in team. Yeah, but, but I think it's probably six to 10. If they're seven, eight, nine, or ten, that's probably where they will be. That's probably where they will be, as is.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, Kasim Theronin wants to know what is the greatest single game performance ever by a player. Let's let's narrow this down to what's the greatest single game that you've ever seen from a player. Because obviously, Wilt Chamberlain hundred points, and there's there's so many through the history of the game. But out of every game that you've ever been part of or witnessed. What's the one performance that stands out like that was crazy?
1: You know, you know, that's it's 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 hard because you you're you have to take in time and score. And I can't I I you know, you you'll see someone do something, but I'm more impressed when someone does it under duress. I've always been when yeah. someone does it under pressure, like. Okay, someone had you know, fifteen points in a quarter. You go, wow, that's pretty good. But you see someone hit fifteen points in a quarter in Game Six in a must game on the road. Now it takes on a different. So are we okay.
0: Are we saying Grant Williams twenty seven points against Milwaukee, greatest single performance of all time? Okay,
1: <laughs> what I what I will say what I will say moving right along. What I will say is. One of those moments that was pretty funny, by the way, (laughs) it's one of those moments that, you know, I I remember because we actually needed, you know, every point of that was. I saw Michael one time he scored like I think it was 24 or 25 consecutive points. In a row, I I believe it was against Cleveland, like he scored every single time down the court, consecutive you know, I can't remember what it is. I, I, I don't know if you can look it up, more as I'm telling the story. But I believe it was against Cleveland. And it got to a point, more where I just wanted to see how many points he could score. Like, for a minute, I was playing the game. And then and there was like, it, it seemed like a time lapse or a time warp where I just wanted to see how many points he could score it. Like I, I kind of got out of the game for a minute. Was it, I don't was know it the game he too- where
0: he finished with 55? I can't remember. In game what.
1: two. I, I, I can't remember. I don't know. I All these games. But what I do remember is he scored like 20 something consecutive points in a row. And it was one of the most impressive displays because it wasn't like, you know, he he, he you know played and somebody else scored, he scored 24 points in a quarter he scored a like literally in a row like every single time down and it was it was just the 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 energy forget that he did it the energy that this man had to do that it wasn't like it wasn't like he did it and no one knew he was in the gym that was so impressive to me that he had that much energy to be able yep. to play against double teams, triple teams. They were doing everything. And the man was just relentless. And I was like, I just wanted to see what he was going to do. It wasn't like, you know, like I remember, I was like, I would turn down a shot just to see if he was going.
0: Yep. <laughs> the like, hand. I was like, the hand.
1: no, it wasn't even the hot hand. You just couldn't believe it. Mo, this is the NBA. And you saw, if I remember correctly, I think might have been in the playoffs. I can't remember, Mo. I, I, all these things run together now for me, but I, I can't remember. If you can look that up here, does it show like does it show like how many points? He, what's the most points he ever scored in a consecutive uh, consecutively in a row? Twenty
0: three. Yeah, somewhere around there. Was it yeah. against Cleveland? Um. I have to subscribe to the New York Times to access this article, so I can't.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it it was, it was, it was right around there. But it was, it was impressive. That was the most impressive
0: display that I've seen. Yeah, for me, I think obviously in in the nineties, I wasn't watching those games live, so it doesn't have the same feel. Obviously, BJ was on the court with him, so that's crazy. But for me, Kobe's final game, 60 points and a game-winning shot in your final game of a 20-season career, that was just ridiculous. Like, that's just just crazy. Um, Anyway, next question comes from Jamie Furness. Coach Jamie, shout out to you. He says, who is the most exciting bad team? You know, the team that's not going to win anything, but you're excited to watch them. He thinks the Indiana Pacers are up there. Oh, for next year? Or yeah, yeah, special? for next for next season. Oh, for I mean, next season. Th- the Pacers would have been up there if they'd got Aiton. I would have, I would have been way more excited to see them. They're exciting, don't get me wrong. But if they have got DeAndre Ayton, I would have been thrilled. I'm excited to watch the Orlando Magic see how they piece things together around Paolo now.
1: You know who I was going to say? Like, you know, last year I thought Minnesota was that team. Yeah. I didn't think they were going to win the championship. But you know, I I I'm, I, I love Ant Man, Anthony Edwards. Yep.
0: Ooh, who do I think the most the most exciting team. bad team is the Lakers. <laughs> you know one more You're always t- you
1: you always you can't help yourself with the Lakers. But they're a, a bad
0: team, and everyone's excited to talk about them. So yeah, I guess that's the you, literal you definition.
1: Can't, you can't help yourself. <laughs> you. you, you, you you can't you can't help yourself.
0: No, I can't. You're right. You
1: know who I you know <laughs> who I'm gonna say. You know who I'm
0: gonna say? Go ahead. The OKC trend. Detro- I thought you were gonna say Detroit. You oh. know what? Well I was waiting this whole time for you to say Detroit.
1: You said a bad team.
0: See OKC I'm not excited for it. you know no, why? We the bad boys up oh, there. God we God. not God, a God bad, God, bad God. team. Hey, hey, hey.
1: <laughs> 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 we the bad boys <laughs> so, so
0: my problem with OKC My problem with OKC, right Is as soon as they start playing exciting basketball right? Say Shy's Shai, playing really well Chet's playing really well They're just going to bench them because they want to get a number one draft pick So I'm not excited to watch them Because so maybe they'll be exciting for half the season And then they'll just bench those guys again Well, you know, record-wise
1: I'm going to say the Pistons Are very, very intriguing Mm-hmm. I think they're so intriguing. I think they could slide in there and be in a play-in game type situation. It was first team all NBA. I, I
0: wouldn't be mad at
1: it. But I'm not ex- I'm not expecting them. No, they probably probably they wouldn't say this, but if they get in if they get in the draft one more time, it's over. It's over. Mm-hmm. It's over. Mo. If, if they get in the draft one more time, it's over. Okay. It, 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 it's so I'm gonna say this. I'm looking for Cade, Ivy, Duran, you know, Beef Stew shooting a three ball now. <laughs> beef Stew shooting a three ball now. Okay. 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 Then we have Sadiq. They're gonna have money. If they can get in the draft. If they can get in the draft, Mo, one more time, and that's that's that is pushing it because I think these young players they have can win. They can win games now. You don't want to play against. You don't want to see Ivy's speed and and Dura's athletic ability on a back to back. You just don't want to. You see, don't want to see veteran, Cade either. You don't want to see Cade. And Cade's going to make the lead, Athletic man. They, ability.
0: They forget he didn't even get the full rookie season because he was injured at the start. So
1: that's what I'm saying. If, I'm, I'm excited. if they can, if things go right for them they could really, they could be one of those teams that really just, you know, listen, cause I think K can give them excellent guard play. And that's one thing about the NBA. I'm excited. However, I'm going to, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick OKC because I think the one kid he's intriguing. Like I found myself watching OKC in the summer league. I just want to, I'm just intrigued with Chet. Like I'm just intrigued with him. Like, he, yeah He's going to get bullied around. He's a, but he does something, you go, God, if he could just stay healthy. Well, if he stays healthy for
0: the first three or four years, he really could be an intriguing player. Well, speaking of Chet, I'm going to tie a few questions together here. Chris Rose wants to know which undrafted player has been your favorite to watch in the Summer League and why. And the answer to that question is also another first, question undrafted. from James O'Tooley who says, what do you guys think to Kenny Lofton Jr. and his performance in the Summer League so far? Now, how does this all tie together? Kenny Lofton Jr. Yes. went undrafted. He's on a two-way contract with the Grizzlies. And he was bullying Chit Holmgren when they matched up against each other. He is the big body on down low on the block. That's, that's me right there. Kenny Lofton Jr. That's my favorite player to watch in the Summer League. Unconventional, different style of play. You can hit a few middies, can back you down on the block. Stronger than you, heavier than you. I was impressed. I don't know how that's going to translate to the actual NBA, but it was fun for summer league. That, that, that's hard. You,
1: you, okay, that, that's hard for me to say right now, based on what I saw in the summer. Because it's summer.
0: I don't count summer league, but like yeah, but most. it's not best. It's like which is your favorite to watch? Who did you have the most fun watching? Well, I, I that's I get why it. this I kid it. was this kid, Kenny Lofter Jr. For me, he was the most fun to watch. Because you never see someone his size play in NBA basketball. You just don't see it. Uh, maybe maybe it, since Big Baby Davis. No, you know what I'm yeah, saying? <laughs>
1: there, there was a player. I can't think of his name right now. God, this is really bad. This is what happened when you get old. He played at the University of Arkansas. Played for the... Uh, was it Un- Oliver Miller? Him. Oliver Miller. Yeah. I've seen players be
0: able to play with that size. I mean, this isn't anything new. Okay. Yeah, but for this era where there's no post-ups, where it's just shooting threes, pace and space, it is different for this era. Well, I would,
1: I would argue differently on that. What I would argue about this era is the center position has been the final position to adjust to this era of basketball. That's the last position to learn how to play in this new era of pace and space. Now the centers have caught up to what's going on. And now you're starting to see them learn how to play in this era of basketball, right? Mm-hmm. So it, so suddenly, it used to be like, you know, like the 6'6 to 6'10 guy was the guy who dominated the game a little bit. And then there were the centers who you always played through. Then suddenly the game around 2007, 2008, it became a guard dominated league, point guards. Yeah, the Derrick Rose, the Russell Westbrooks, Chris Paul, Darren Williams, you know, all those guys were dominating the game. You know, now you see John ja Morant. And then, you know, interchangeable players. You know, you know, LeBron's and so right now, what you're seeing in the NBA is the, the the thing that's valued most are those six, seven, six, eight guys who can play multiple positions and can defend multiple positions. That's the most valued thing. I like Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. You know, you're you're, you're Andrew Wiggins. You're seeing that player. Okay. The center position, Grant Williams. The the center position. And I like Grant Williams, by the way. So, you know, I don't think I don't like Grant Williams. but, But the center position has been the last position to figure out how to play in the small ball era. And now mm-hmm. they figured it out. So what I think you're seeing now is because bigs, true bigs, not tall people. Okay. We had this conversation yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. Bigs don't play in the summer. Why? Because we never pass them the ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A true big never plays in the summer. A true big, not a tall guy, a true big. Yeah. Because who's, throwing a guy who's throwing the ball to in the post in the summer. You don't even throw the guy in the post during the season.
0: Yeah. It's frustrating.
1: It's frustrating. So now you're seeing the bigs learn how to play in this era. And I think that's what is transpiring right in front of us.
0: Okay. We're going to have the last question and tomorrow we'll answer the rest of them. The last question today comes in from Connor O'Neill who says a year ago, Jalen Hardy, who we spoke about earlier, was expected yes. to be the second pick in this year's draft, but fell to 37th. Eventually, how come he ended up going this low? What sort of impact is he see him having for Dallas this season? PS, thank you to BJ for getting us Javale McGee. So Connor obviously is a Dallas Mavericks fan. He says, "Thank you, BJ, for getting him Javale McGee." Jalen Hardy was is an interesting one because he's very young. I believe he just turned 20, and he played for yeah. the he yeah, played yeah, for the yeah. GD Ignite. So I think it's kind of harder to evaluate prospects from there because. Scouts aren't used to evaluating prospects from there compared to traditional NCAA. And I think even Dallas was surprised that he was still on the board when he got to 37. I was surprised. So I think this year, given he's so young, it's going to be like a developmental year. But, BJ, you have any insight onto that situation? Well, first you got to thank, you know,
1: Mark Cuban, Nico Harris, Harrison, and Jason Kidd and all of those guys. Those are the guys who are making the decisions. And very fortunate that they saw the talent in Javel what he brings and th- if there's a need. So you have to think those guys, why he failed, you know, it's, it's a number of reasons, you know, you could, certainly when you look at him outwardly from what we could see, it's not, we're not talking about talent. Maybe it's his age. Maybe they didn't know what position he could be in. Maybe they, some people thought he was a two guard and he sees himself as a leaker. I don't know. Those are questions that the scouts would have to answer. But what I do know, based on what I saw in the summer, this young man can score that basketball.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, <laughs> now, Mo, what I do know is that young man there can put that, that ball in that basket. He looks like, he's an, NBA, and, and he's, he like he's an NBA. And he's got a tight handle. Talent. Yes. Now, and, a lot and, of times, Mo, a lot of times, I'll say this, a lot of times, it's not when you get drafted, it's where you go. Yeah. I think this is a, a, a terrific situation for him. Why? Is because without question, Luca is going to have the ball ninety percent of the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what what I do know is that if you could score the basketball, you can play with Luca. Mm-hmm. So his talent to me seems like a correct fit. And now the only thing that's missing is basketball reps, because he's so young. But yeah. if he could get on pace to learn the NBA game and play with a talent like Luca. This young man could easily average 15 to 18 points a game. He looks like he could be a terrific scorer, Mo.
0: Yeah, I I think his three ball needs a bit of work. But for me, playing with Luca, like you're saying, it's about where you get drafted. Playing with Luca just makes the game a lot easier. That's why, with all due respect to Jalen Brunson, I don't know if he's going to have the same impact in that New York offense compared to the spread out Dallas offense where defenders are so worried about Luka Doncic, they're not helping off. And they've got the three-point shooter, so defenders don't want to come and help. So playing alongside someone like Luca, or playing alongside a Giannis or a talent that grabs that much attention can really help you develop. Add to the fact that now Brunson's gone, they're putting, I believe they'll go with Dinwiddie in the starting lineup. They'll need a little scoring punch off the bench. Maybe that's Tim Hardaway Jr.
1: No, Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie is, Dinwiddie understands what I'm about to say. Dinwiddie wants to come off the bench. Yeah. Oh, uh, d- Mo, you, you want to you have a longevity in this league? Just come off the bench. If I could do anything in my career different, right? And I don't have, just based on what I understand, not what I, you know, because you always want to come in, you want to start and do the things, and I can't complain about anything. I would have came off the bench my entire career. Mm -hmm. And the reason being, Mo, is there's a difference playing against starters and playing off the bench. It's an art. It's Spencer Dinwiddie, Jamal Crawford's, Lou what Will. you learn, Lou Will, uh what was the? the, the, the Manu Ginobili. Yeah. It's an art. It's an art. And some of some players have the ability to do that. Some don't. But if I were Spencer Dinwiddie, why play 20 minutes a night as a starter with Luka Doncic when you can play, you know, as as need be he could it'll extend his career he'll play eight years that way but having to play against the starters now he's got to chase Steph Curry now he's got to chase uh uh, uh Dane Lillard now he's got to chase De'Aaron Fox now he's got to chase you know John Moran so don't some- do that don't Someone's got that. to send
0: this memo to Tyler Hero, who's adamant on being a starter this season. Hey, hey, so, Tyler, uh,
1: Tyler, I get it, I get it. I admire what Tyler's doing, but when you have time to reflect, Tyler Hero, you're gonna get paid max dollars coming off, the, off bench. the bench. That's wild. Hey, 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 hey. That's man. wild. Hey, hey, hey. Who cares who starts the game? You're finishing the games right now. You have yeah. the you got the greatest job ever. But sometimes you got to see it. And right now the young man has to see it. And that's okay. Mo, he is a starter right now. So, but you know, I, I get it when you're young and, and I've been there, so I can't say anything, but yeah. I wish someone would have told me then what I know now. Because Mo, I probably could have played 15, 16 years just coming off the bench because it's an art it, mo- mo- it really is
0: okay well i want to end with this um i saw a tweet earlier i need to listen to the full interview but the reason why i keep mentioning brown williams today is he did an interview i can't remember whose podcast it was on but someone tweeted like an extract i don't know if it was fake i don't know if it was real if I'm being but it was he was giving insight into the trash talk between him and draymond in 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 the finals when Draymond was saying to him, you want to be me. Everyone remembers that, right? Draymond saying to Grant Williams, you want to be me. But what the mics and the cameras didn't pick up was his reply. Do you know he replied to Draymond saying that? This kid who's just in the NBA finals for the first time said to Draymond Green, how can I want to be you? I'm already better than you. So shout out to Grant Williams. I don't know if that's a fake quote. If it is, it's still funny. If it's real, big up yourself, Grant. That was hilarious. That made my day when I read it this morning. Um, we're gonna leave you on that. I've got to get you back on the court. You you
1: love to stay <laughs> off the court, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mo wants everything but the game. But well, uh, I respect that. I
0: want the games to start again. How can we talk about on the court when no one's on the court playing? B. How are we gonna do that? You know what I mean. Um. Anyway, on the court this weekend, uh, club from Common in London, NBA three X three tournament. Uh, NBA player will be pulling up. Jeremy Sohan, draft pick from the Spurs, from the UK, is going to be in town. I'm going to be pulling up. So, uh, BJ, if you want to hop on a jet, feel free to come and join us. But hopefully I will see some of you guys down there. If you see me, say what's up, spread the love. Shout out to everyone who uh, hit me with the what up, though, as well. You've got the access to the secret channel. So you're going to see content start to appear there as well. Most importantly, subscribe, leave a review, leave a rating, five-star rating and all that good stuff. We're going to be back tomorrow answering more of your questions. And in the meantime, you know vibes, get buckets.